fairy tales, children's stories about magical and imaginary beings and lands, often the first lens we give young minds to view the world they live in. Many assume these are fictional stories to be taken lightly, but what if there is more to them? This is a podcast where we'll tell you some myths and tales that you thought you knew, and we'll show you how they are connected to real-life crimes today. This is Scary Tales, where the stories of your childhood meet real-life horror. We'll discuss how the light and happy tales of youth actually have a darker history to them. We'll also discuss true crime today and some of the eerie connections they have to the myths and legends of yesterday. Tune in for a new tale every other Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you stream your podcast starting this October 2020. Uh, welcome back. Hello. Hello. We're doing we're doing a new thing today. Hope hope you guys are ready for a new thing. Do you want to explain exactly what this is? So in our episodes, we often talk about different places where we keep saying we want to add that to the list of places to visit. You know, we like the idea of traveling. Um, we couldn't all last year. We kept saying, oh, we should go there. We should go there. But COVID. But COVID. And so we decided to kind of make a sub episode mm-hmm. so we have our normal episodes we have tiny tales uh which are supposed to be tinier but they're probably not they're not false advertising <clears throat> they're not tiny <laughs> and uh today we're actually going back and forth on what we should call these so uh let us know down below uh when, when she's when she says that because we're oh oh right i'm on a we're yeah, recording sorry. but we're also i forgot to tell the podcast listeners that we're recording this live on instagram so uh that's also fun but um today we're gonna talk this will be the first episode in a series where we're talking about spooky places so that spooky could be spaces spooky spaces spooky, spooky spots. we would like to keep it in, in the s range yeah i just got hannah looked Alli- up some on, alliteration yeah hannah pulled out a thesaurus and was like other names for places and there's not, not a there's lot, not of, a lot of, that start with s it sure isn't but today um and that could take us anywhere we could talk about the bermuda triangle uh, we could go more into dracula's castle but today we are going to talk about the winchester mystery house ever heard of it uh yes my original like knowledge of winchester is not about the house though it's about the um gun company to rifle oh yeah hannah we're gonna so if you recognize the name winchester but you don't recognize the winchester house Mm -hmm. you may have heard it from a firearms company and that's and we're gonna get to that it does it does play a crucial role in this story Mm -hmm. so those of you don't know the winchester mystery house it was named by time magazine as one of the world's most haunted houses which and we we like haunted houses no, this is not this is like one of the actual haunted houses not like one of those pop-up haunted houses that only shows up in your oh no she's in your been neck there a of the long wo- time in your neck of the woods mm-hmm. during halloween this is not an atrox for those of you alabamians i've never i've never been to atrox hey. because i heard that there's a part where you walk in the room and there's a bunch of it makes it look like a bunch of cockroaches are crawling on the wall and that's just not for me you've never been to atrox and i will not that's the one out in leeds I, again I, I will not. I'll go to Bucky's. I, I think won't I've, go to. I think I've been once. I didn't like the clown room. And that's Chase's like one of his all time favorite things to do. And I. It's like a nostalgic like high school thing. If he made me, I'd do it. We're gonna go this year. <laughs> no, <laughs> we might. Can't do it. Um, it was all. It's also known as one of the world's largest haunted houses. And we'll get to it. It is absolutely ginormous. 
uh, I also saw one article that said it described it really well. It said it's a twisting, turning puzzle mansion with baffling, bizarre designs that Im- have intrigued people for many years. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of people that go for the the spookiness, but I think there's also some people that go visit there because it's like a museum now. You can go mm-hmm. visit. I think there's a lot of people that go there for like the art and the architecture because mm-hmm. it is like a. It's not like a normal big house. It's yeah, it's cr- it's, it's very unique. There's right. lots of architectural design there's lots of you know it's cool things to look at yeah but some uh, some people say it's haunted as well but we're, so. yeah we we focus on the spooky part of it yeah well today the house is known as the winchester mystery house but at the time of its construction it was simply known as sarah winchester's house so sarah lockwood party was born in 1839 some sources said 1840 I thought they had decent record keeping by I, I then. But I, thought, I thought so too, but the, apparently a lot. There's a couple of things in the story that didn't get documented real well. So right. there's some mystery around that too. Yeah, uh, she was born in New Haven, Connecticut, to Sarah Burns and Would you say? Do you say Leonard or L- Leonard? I think I say Leonard. I think that's because we're <laughs> we're Southern. It could be uh, Leonard Party. Her father managed the city bathing house, which is so fascinating to me that there used to be bathing houses. Yeah, and I think that's more European thing mm-hmm. than than here. And we want to do an episode on like the Victorian era, and just I'm sure it's stock full of things that used to exist back then, but they don't exist now because they're baffling uh-huh. if you think about them in today's context. Yeah, um, he did this until he found success as a carpenter, which provided financial security for the family. And this is kind of where Sarah got her love for uh, building things, architecture, like wa- wood gr- design. Yeah, growing up and watching her dad uh, be this carpenter. He also, it was said, he ran a progressive household. He hung out with a bunch of prominent abolitionists and free thinkers of the day. So she kind of, I, th- I think she grew up in a, a good environment. Um, and she was influenced by this environment and developed into an excellent all around student. She knew four languages. It's a lot. I know very broken Espanol. And um, she also played like three different instruments. She was excellent in math and science. Just Yeah, a lot of the stories we tell on here have people that came from very poor, like poor backgrounds. Yeah, and like poor childhood. That would make that, that influence the story later. But she, you know, she's kind of a different scenario mm-hmm. than, than what a lot of our stories are. Right. She uh, only grew to four foot ten and weighed 95 pounds. So she was also tiny little thing and she developed the a reputation as one of the area's greatest young bo- beauties and she was nicknamed the bell of new haven so so she was doing pleasant. well mm-hmm. eventually sarah and her family would become neighbors to the winchesters who also apparently did pretty well for themselves yeah um and via an arranged marriage of sorts Sarah, who was 23 at the time, married William Winchester, who was 25, on September 30th, 1862. Her father-in-law, Oliver, was co-owner of the Winchester Davies Shirt Manufactory, which that we went from shirts to guns, um, and William was being groomed to take over the company. However, Oliver started developing an interest in firearms, and after taking control of what was then known as the Volcanic Arms Company, he established, here we go, the Winchester Repeating Arms Company in 1866, known best for their Winchester rifle. Yep. You got you one of those? Probably. I don't know. So, 
I'm scared of guns, but the one that Chase has trained me on in the house is just a shotgun. So I'm sorry if you break into my house because you're just... The only thing I have to shoot you with is a shotgun. It's going big. Right. Also, the way you cock the gun, I can't undo it without it going off. So that's, if I cock the gun, I would have to hold it in place until the police got here and, and, and like give them the gun. And that's probably not wise. Safety tips from Lacey. I don't know. Or, or what not to do. Right. The family business became immensely successful, obviously. Uh, the Winchester model rifle that, well... It's the Winchester Model 1873 rifle, apparently. It was known as the gun that won the West, and it sold more than 700,000 rifles that year and then through 1916. But a lot of famous people like to use the the rifle, like Buffalo... It's kind of like a celebrity rifle, almost. Mm -hmm. Buffalo Bill Cody. I just realized that's why we call Cody Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Wow, things are clicking today. Annie Oakley and even, he's personally my favorite president, Theodore Roosevelt. I knew you were going to say that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. she has a pet named Theodore. Yeah. As a wedding present, Oliver Winchester promised to build the newlyweds a house. The friggin' nice wedding gift. Because you know it wasn't going to be like a small house either. No. But this was at the height of the Civil War, which made procuring building materials difficult. Kind of like how it is right now. The cost mm-hmm. of wood. Is ridiculous. Is insane. Uh, but for the meantime, Sarah and William moved in with his parents while the house was being built. And for the first two years of their marriage, everything was going great. But tragedy struck in 1864 when William's older sister, Annie, died in childbirth. Um, And, wait, that doesn't make any sense what I said. Not in childbirth. Oh, (laughs) she died died giving. Yeah. Yeah. I I read that in my mind as she died as a child. Then that didn't make sense. So she died. Yes. Yes, I got you. in childbirth. I got yeah. you. Uh, this was an extremely devastating loss for the family, obviously. And in 1866, Sarah gave birth to her daughter, who she named Annie. And six weeks later, the baby died of she had some type of condition where she couldn't process calories. So, so her she, body just like she died of starvation, which yeah. is horrible. Um, and we'll see. Tragedy just seems to continue to follow poor sarah and it kind of um is the catalyst is to what becomes the the mystery house but sarah became really reclusive during this time but william threw himself into his work and he was gone most of the time handling business and sarah was left by herself which you know people handle things in different ways trauma differently Mm -hmm. Then in 1869, Sarah's father lost his battle to spinal disease, which was another devastating blow. But after this, William and Sarah grew closer, and he was able to be there for her during this dark time. With the money that they had earned from their booming firearm business, Sarah and William built a large mansion overlooking New Haven, and they bonded over the design and construction of the home, and for a while, things were looking up again. Uh, That was until May of 1880, only a few months after building the home, that Sarah lost her mother. And then in March of 1881, William Winchester died of tuberculosis. So she... Like all the people closest mm -hmm, to her. She's essentially lost everyone at this point. She's devastated, but at 41 years old, she became one of the richest widows in America, and she was worth what it would have been equivalent to $500 million that's what, today. That's what I, I was going to, that was a st- statistic that stood out to me, that it was mm-hmm. like $20 million back then, <clears throat> excuse me, which sounds like a lot today, mm-hmm. but the equivalent of $20 million back then is $550 million today. Yeah, 
That's nuts. And, and she, I heard she, that she, on top of that, was still getting whatever the like salary money that was coming in for his Winchester company, mm-hmm. which Kinda was like, like the royalties, right? Which was like seventy four thousand dollars a year or something yeah. like that. Where it's like she not only got she the million, off. she was She's getting well thousands every year too. Mm-hmm. So what else do you do with that money? Right. At first, she retreated to one of the family's beach homes in Connecticut. I like how it says one of the family's beach homes. Must be nice. Uh, But she couldn't seem to find the healing she was looking for there, and she wanted a complete change of scenery. For the next several years, Sarah traveled through Europe, and there she just really studied the architecture, and you'll see that later pop up in the house. Which apparently was also a common thing for Mm -hmm. wealthy people to just go on, like, these grand tours of Europe, Mm -hmm. like they're just going to be gone for a couple years. Yeah. And especially if you like architecture, the stuff over there is crazy. And she was she she had a good upbringing and she was brought up with all this architecture and mm-hmm. she was smart and went to school and studied all this stuff. So, I would love that. Would if anybody wants Sign to me give up. me the $550 million inheritance, I'll go tour yeah, the I'll be there. I'll Split go tour Europe me. for a mm-hmm. couple years. Uh, she returned home in 1884 because her eldest sister Mary had passed away and I don't know if this was her last person she had left but it's just sad it's just one death after the other and at this point she may have started believing that her family was cursed and you would think yeah I, I would be in that, that position I'd be like I'm freaking yeah, cursed if, if every couple of years somebody close to me was dying I would probably start to question a lot of things mm-hmm. so Sarah reached out to a medium spiritualism was really big during this time because civil war people were sending their sons off and they were dying and there was just this really where else do you turn yeah big need to speak to the dead so she went to a medium and was desperate to reach out to all of her loved ones she had lost and allegedly a medium told Sarah that her husband was trying to reach her from the other side and according to the medium, William advised Sarah that she needed to leave Connecticut, move out west, and that their family was under a curse because of all of the damage the Winchester rifle had done. A lot like of people, people had died, had died at, at the hands of it. Mm-hmm. And if she wanted to live, she needed to build a house that it c- could appease the spirits and construction could never end or Sarah would die. So what do you do if a medium tells you that? If a medium tells me that, I just get stressed out. I'm like, well... But also, you got $550 million, I mean, $20 million back then, but you got some cash flow. I'm just going to Disney World. I'll that's see not, y'all later. That's not what, the medium, later. That's not what the medium said. Mm-hmm. But Sarah was like, all right, I'm up for a challenge. So in 1886, Sarah moved to California, and she bought a 45-acre plot of land in San Jose, California, which included, an, at the time, it was just a small eight-room cottage. And she bought it at what would have been $350,000 today. So still, Which eight rooms is still big for back then. Yeah, compared to what she builds. It's just oh, like a little quaint, you know. She allegedly yeah. hired two different architects, but they could never agree on the plans for the house. So she just ended up drawing up the plans by herself and hired carpenters. And we'll get more into how that worked later on because she's not, a, she's not, she's not yeah. an architect. It was said that Sarah met with a foreman in the morning with sketches of the day's work, and there was no concrete plan to complete, which stresses me out as someone who likes to plan. Okay, but also, if she's going into this knowing that, you know, quote-unquote, construction is never supposed to stop, she's going to... I wouldn't have a complete plan either. Mm. Why make a complete plan of something I know is going to continue? But maybe like a, a week, a week's plan, not a day-to-day plan. 
But from 1886 to 1922, at a cost of approximately $5 million, which would be $71 million a day, the cottage was rebuilt into a 160-room mansion. Yeah, that, that number, that eight-room tripled real quickly. Mm-hmm. Seven stories tall, covering an area of 24,000 square feet. It had 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 47 stairways, 47 fireplaces, six kitchens, 13, that number 13 is going to be important, 13 bathrooms, 52 skylights, but only one shower. (laughs) So people back then only took baths and showers were just super high tech, but Sarah was also just like a ballin', you know what, and was really into high tech stuff. So she had the shower uh, put in and it was like state of the art. Also, all these kinds of things throughout the house were state of the art that... People were like, this is a woman doing this. But she was like, I'm going to do the dang thing. And that, I mean, all those numbers are obviously massive for today. Think about how massive they would have been back then. Yeah. Like that's a big house. That's a big, uh, you can't even call it a house. Mm -hmm. That is a big structure for today. And then Mm -hmm. we, David and I went um, and toured the Biltmore. Mm -hmm. And and it's the same. I I don't know. I don't, it's this, but it's the same situation where you go look at it today and you're like, this is insanity and then you go back a hundred years and place it and it's even more insane Mm -hmm. right yeah um she also had uh three elevators which at the time was also to have in a personal home anywhere but much less a personal home today yeah y'all we got any listeners that got elevators in their homes like that's a Mm -hmm. crazy thing for today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the interior design was inspired by her travel overseas like i said and not just one place because there were german light fixtures english wallpaper french portraits there was a lot of japanese influence so it's it's just a mix a mod podge of all these different cultures which i could see like um you know one day one section in your house, you get tired of the way it's looking, and you kind of go over to the new section. And if you've and got seven floors, you've yeah. got plenty of, you could have the European wing, mm-hmm. the Eastern wing. It's just whatever your vibe is that day. So she slowly added more elaborate places like a Venetian dining room. So there were two conservas- conservatories, a carriage room, a grand ballroom, and even a seance room. Oh, so it's, yeah. again, spiritualism. And we'll get to the seance room in just a second. But because of lack of experience, there was never an official blueprint. So that the reason the house is so crazy is there are hallways that lead to nowhere. Mm-hmm. There are staircases that lead to ceilings. There's right. doors that open to walls. There's doors that open to the outside with like 13-foot drops. I heard there were windows that overlooked mm-hmm. like rooms. Like uh-huh. you look out the window and you'd just be looking into another room right. instead of outside. And there's windows that look just straight into walls. And there's cabinets that open over like foyers that don't make sense little doors that open up into big rooms and like Uh big doors that open up into little Mm -hmm. rooms which that made me think of alice in wonderland right uh there were trap doors and secret passageways uh i I read one article uh she only liked redwood i guess for its whatever you like redwood for i'm sure that was something based on her dad the carpenter and her Mm -hmm. but she didn't like the color of redwood so she had everything you know put down in redwood but then she had it painted over or stained because she didn't like the color and and, uh however how 24,000 square foot house that's a lot of work yeah that's a lot of work she collected stained glass windows and there's a room in the house today that is filled with windows that she collected and it it is valued at three hundred and fifty thousand dollars today just that that just that one room Mm mm-hmm 
1975, workers discovered a new room inside the house with a lock on the door because people... there's no telling how many rooms that they have not been able to discover because of how large the house is and because of how she built it. And and because you can tour it today, but they say mm-hmm. that like if you try to walk through the house by yourself, like, you're you're you'll done. get lo- like you'll if mm-hmm. you walk through without a guide, you'll get lost because mm-hmm. even the guides like only go a, know a no certain, certain route mm-hmm. to go. Uh, that secret room it contained two chairs and an early 1900 phonograph speaker and the theory is with any of these rooms that sarah just forgot about the room and built around it but then again the latest one they found was in 2016 and this was an attic room and it contained an organ a couch uh, dress forms sewing machines and paintings this is crazy to know that there's like there's other rooms that they haven't found yet um a hidden safe was discovered in the ballroom. Uh, it was found inside. I, I was watching a video. It was behind like four different doors. And inside, did you think there were money and jewels and stuff in there? Uh, I mean, I imagine it would be something valuable. Uh-huh. Well, it was her the obituaries from her husband and her daughter's funerals and a, a what, what would you call that? Like a tussle of her daughter's hair. And that was it. It's sad. Yeah. Workers, workers, she hired them to work around the clock, like 24 hours a day, because again, the, the legend is if she stopped working on the house, she would die. But she was known for paying her workers really high wages and was even said to have bought some of them houses or, I mean, I mean, her frick, her house Why is so big. Just, just let like, them live there? Yeah. You go to the East Wing, I'll see you in about a year. Yeah. It'll take you that long to find me. She kept the house really busy, which... I'm sure just kept her mind occupied since she had lost all her family, but she reportedly had 16 carpenters, 18 servants, 20 gardeners, and just who knows how many construction workers. And her staff became her family, and they were very loyal to her. When um, she passed, and we'll get to this in a second, and they all had to move out of the house the next day, everybody wanted to know because Sarah never spoke with reporters, so they when all these workers exited the house, you know, after she passed, they were all trying to get information from them and they wouldn't say anything because they were so loyal to her. But other than the household staff, like I was saying, few knew of the home's uh, interior during Winchester's lifetime. She kept that a secret. And for the most part, um, only there's one photograph of her. That's how private she is. And it's this famous picture where she's in a carriage and she's dressed in all black. And um, she's like looking over her shoulder. But, Um, So she let nobody in, not even my favorite president, Theodore Roosevelt. He uh, tried to come visit the house and wanted an audience with her. And um, he not, it said he knocked on the front door and was not even let in. So she's not, she's not even doing it for like fame and notoriety. She's just building because she either like really, well, I'm sure she loves, it's a combination of she loves architecture, but she's also scared if she stops, she's, She's going to die. So. And I guess that's part of like her only way to pass on some sort of legacy is like this building. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't have any you know, more relatives. She doesn't have any kids. Like mm-hmm. she kind of has all this money and doesn't necessarily know what to do with it. Because mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, we're still talking about it today. So, yeah. And we're going to go there. We're going to do it. Although Sarah made a lot of mistakes with the house. Some would call it mistakes. I just think it's kind of fun. Uh, she did have the house built on a floating foundation, so uh, f- 
I don't know what this means, but apparently it lets the house shift freely during an earthquake, which comes in real handy because in 1906, a 7.9 magnitude earthquake hit the area and more than 700 people lost their lives at that time. And it also crumbled the seventh, sixth and fifth floor. So from then on out, she stopped building up and started building. Like if you look at a house, the, the depth is just super deep. Um, which I read some people explain that that's part of why some of the, which I don't fully buy this concept. I read that some people explain that that's why some of these stairwells don't le- don't lead somewhere or why oh. some of these re- windows overlook things, mm-hmm. which I, I guess I could buy that in a smaller house. Mm-hmm. And if it was just kind of like, one or two yeah. weird instances but when you've got that many things i'm like okay well she also continued to construct it and you know revamp it after the earthquake happened so i'm sure so. some of those were like okay earthquake messed this up just seal it off and we'll mm-hmm. start on a different wing but for some right. of those i feel like it had to have been intentional and we're going to get into some theories later about why she built the house the way she did but she was known to sleep in a different room of the house every night and so when the earthquake happened and she couldn't be found all of the everyone was freaking out because they couldn't find her um, imagine if she was in one of those back rooms that didn't get open until 2016 they just walk but in and find a skeleton there they found her in one of her favorite rooms which was known as the daisy room and uh, she was buried in rubble but she survived the flip floating foundation had saved the mainframe of the home and construction continued for the next 16 years until sarah's death And she died in the house on September 5th, 1922, at the age of 83 from congestive heart failure. Yeah, not from anything from the house itself. No. Not from any room crumbling or getting locked in a room, just from a Mm -hmm. normal illness. What most 80-year-olds die from. The home was eventually sold and the profits split between surviving family. The mansion's furnishings were left to her niece, Miss Marion Merriman. That's a a name name right there. Oh, wait, I missed the, I thought that was her name. It's Mary, okay, Marion Maryman Marriott. Absolutely not. Who did that to her? I don't know. Uh, that's a mouthful. Um, removing all of her aunt's belongings from the house took six trucks working for six weeks. Just, these numbers are astronomical. The only problem was the house wasn't selling because I imagine that's a niche market yeah. to go into well, she also she didn't leave it to anyone did she uh, i didn't no, i didn't no. yeah i was about to say Mm-mm. i don't think she, i didn't think she left it to anyone specific mm-hmm. i mean especially i guess if she was like building this she was to, like who, who else would want this if she was like built well and if she was building this to like appease the souls of all the people who had gotten shot by these winchester guns she's probably not going to be like let's pass off the mm-hmm. curse to this that's person. true at the end of 1922, it was put up for auction and purchased by an investor for $135,000, which is roughly $2 million today, so still a good amount. And a few months later, it was leased to an amusement park worker named John Brown, and he was known for designing roller coasters. Eventually, he and his wife went on to purchase the home, and they played up the home's oddities and eventually opened it up as an attraction, which... Smart on their part. Yeah, they you you, you treat it like an amusement mm-hmm. park. You or an, an attraction. You charge for tickets. You mm-hmm. give tours. You yeah. And Miss Brown, his wife, she was the one that was actually giving the tours. So I would love that. I, I could see you being like a tour guide for mm-hmm. a spooky spot. Mm-hmm. I would just make crap up too. You know, I would. Um, one of the most famous guests was in 1924, Harry Houdini. I used to have a cat named after Houdini because. Um, he would just get out of the craziest circumstances. But anyway, uh, he visited the uh, Winchester house near Halloween night. 
add that to our bucket list. We're going, but we're going to go near Halloween. I'm sure. I'm sure they're crazy busy on Halloween. This surprised me. He was supposedly not into spiritualism and communicating with the dead, and was constantly trying to debunk that. Uh, So he went to the home kind of with that in mind, but he left with more questions than answers. And he he's the one that dubbed the mansion the Mystery House. Yeah. I didn't so, realize that he was the one that kind of mm-hmm. named it. The home became a very popular tourist attraction with people visiting from all over the world. And in 1963, the Winchester Mystery Home was fully incorporated. In 1970, the house underwent restoration. And in 1974, the home was made a historical landmark. Did you know, like, um, making your house a historical landmark makes your insurance go way up? Because I wanted to do that with our first house. I guess. I guess, and also just the probability that it could burn down or something. I don't know. But also, doesn't it also make it like very hard to do anything like changes? It makes it hard to make any changes to it. Yeah. Like you have to, once it's a historical landmark, you have to go through the like associations in order to paint mm-hmm. this or change that. Like the Biltmore yeah. was really cool. They had preserved like everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had like special glass that kept the you know, furnishing like furnishings and draperies from fading. They oh, yeah, had from um, the sun. in like areas where people could touch things, they would put like plastic like the clear plastic mm-hmm. over it so that you wouldn't get any like finger residue that would like mm-hmm. mess things up. So I mean everything is just pristine. Yeah. I've been to the Palace of Versailles in France. Baby girl, that place pristine also did you just hear my stomach i did hear that before we started this just fun fact me and hannah went to this meet and three and we both got chicken fingers and mashed potatoes but i got black eyed peas just pro tip i put the black eyed peas in the mashed potatoes and then Mixed i it all and up. i got a chicken finger and i dipped the chicken finger in the the uh, mashed potatoes with the peas and that's more than you wanted to know but there ch- now there's my, your snack break now my stomach is growling so i don't know why it's growling because i just ate but it's It's confused, just as you are at that combination, but people have gossiped and made their assumptions about what was going on in the mind of Sarah Winchester. Uh, Was it psychotic demise? Was it paranormal obsession? Or was it just a guilty conscience? Uh, Many, all the above. All of the above, just a combo of of many things. That's normally what I gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. It's probably a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Many people believe that Sarah, under the advice of a medium, built the house to please the spirits and it was said that sarah would visit the seance room so come back to the seance room she would visit it each night and get advice from the good spirits about how to build the house in a way that would ward off the bad spirits and that is why the house is this labyrinth of sorts is to confuse the ghosts so that they would get like lost and mm-hmm. not be able to find her and stuff and, and it was why, said every day she would take like a different path or whatever Do, and sleeping ghosts, in the different rooms are ghosts directionally challenged well also like as if they walk through the halls. Don't they walk through the walls? Right. You know? I, th- like, I feel did like anybody let, just, Did anybody let her know that they can, like, just walk through... Mm-hmm. Or just appear wherever you are. Yeah. So that's maybe confusing. Not, maybe not the old-fashioned ghosts. Maybe mm-hmm. not those guys. Also, in this ginormous house, there were only two mirrors, which um, I think mirrors are, like, a way people think that you can communicate with it. Like, Bloody Mary, you look in the mirror and you do yeah. all that. And there were only two in the entire house. Or maybe she just didn't care about how she looked because she knew she was a good-looking... I feel like she was kind of a recluse. Yeah. Um, well, not very many photos of her, not very many mirrors. No, and that one picture, look it up. The one picture there is of Sarah Winchester. It is creepy. Are we going to post it? We'll post it. We'll post it for you guys. She was, Sarah was superstitious. I was going to say super superstitious, and I was like, I don't know. Um, 
the number 13 is seen throughout the entire home. There were 13 bathrooms. Most staircases only had 13 steps. And fun fact, she had rheumatoid arthritis. So she did a lot, made a lot of, this is just like an OT's dream, like home modification. So people can like live their best life. But she made the stair, the steps two inches tall because, you know, she had arthritis. So it was harder to get up. That's also why she had the shower put in because with someone with arthritis, it was really hard to get in and out of those big tubs. Um, There were 13 pane windows in each room. Uh, The windows themselves had uh, 13 panes. That's what I meant. And then sometimes there were 13 windows in each room. There were 13 ceiling panels, 13 drains in the sinks, 13 lights on the chandeliers. And this this is cool. She had a will which had 13 parts and each uh, page was signed 13 times. That's too much. Too much. Also, I thought 13 was an unlucky number. She, you know, she, she was kinda, just like... She kind of treated she it said as it's like... Kinda, she's, it's like it's kind of her vibe. So like, she just isn't went it, it that most hotels don't have a 13th floor? Mm-hmm. And so she, it's almost like she went the opposite and was like, well, since I'm building it for the ghost, mm-hmm. we'll just give them 13 of everything. Mm-hmm. She probably also had a black cap, but... Probably. Mm-hmm. Some believe that, or not some, most people believe that the house is haunted and it wasn't just Sarah that felt like she was being tormented by apparition because today staff report uneasy feelings and seeing apparitions all the time. So the Brown family, the people, you know, the roller coaster guy that bought the house, he reported uh, disembodied footsteps, chandeliers that would swing for no reason, icy chills and spectral forms. People have even reported seeing Sarah Winchester herself For example, there have been multiple sightings in this spot called the Hall of Fire. So there was this hallway that had multiple fireplaces and rooms off of it. And she would shut the doors and close all the doors and there would just be a bunch of fireplaces heating up the room and that would help her arthritis. And that's where she liked to sit. So a lot of people uh, see her there. But also that just sounds like a dream. Yeah, I would like that room. It's just like an indoor sauna. Because you've got that room, but then you've also got like a lot of the other people who would say they felt like the cold spots. Mm -hmm. Like... Not like a you're walking under an air vent, air conditioning cold spot, but like cold for no reason. Mm-hmm. There was one uh, tour guide, I believe her name was Samantha, and she said she was giving a tour one time, and she heard uh, like a like a throat clear from outside the room, and she was like, "That's weird." And she went on with the tour, and she heard it again, and she looked out the hall, and there was a short uh, figure wearing long black dress rounding the corner, and they believed that that was because she was short. She was like four mm-hmm. foot something. One morning, a maintenance worker was fixing a light fixture in the hall of the Hall of Fires, and he felt a tap on his shoulder. When he looked around, no one was around, and that's when he felt a hand push against his back, almost pushing him off the ladder, and he gathered his items right then and there, and he refused to ever go back. I don't understand a malevolent spirit in this home, you know? Sarah sounded like a nice a nice lady. Yeah, but I guess these they're, they didn't do anything to her but she was holding a lot of seances so who knows what that yeah I, your girl is never doing a ouija board oh no she's not gonna not. she's not gonna do it because i believe in this kind of stuff i don't mm-hmm. i don't mess with this kind of stuff because i like believe in this kind of stuff right well even if you don't just the mere let's like, say you don't believe in it the like less than one percent chance in your brain that it's 
could be real. Right. Why, Why would you? Uh-uh. I'm not, there's no point. There's plenty of other board games you can play than with a Ouija Exit, board. Catan. I knew you were going to say that one. I knew you were going to say that Settlers of Catan. Uh, let us know down below if you enjoy Settlers of Catan. We can do a whole episode on the, oh, <laughs> the, my word. the history of Catan. We can bring Cody over because he's the best at it. I'm Aspen's pretty good too. Also a tangent. Okay. Uh, today, there are pictures displayed throughout the home of the home during construction. And it included pictures of the construction team. And there's this one guy uh, in the picture. His name was Clyde, which I love that name. Uh, people typically see Clyde at night working on the coal chute down in the mansion's basement. And he acknowledges passerbys with a tip of the hat and a smile. But he, but he never speaks. No, yeah. just a tip of the hat and a smile. Some, uh, No, I think that was another guy with a wheelbarrow. We'll get to that in a second, but... The most haunted room of the house is said to be the Grand Ballroom. I read where that cost about $9,000 to make at that time. I'm not, that's probably like a bajillion um, in today's time, but uh, the chandelier has been swinging without a breeze or human interference. And these are, you know, big, huge gold or brass chandeliers. Also, those chandeliers uh, came with 12 lights and she installed like a third one on each chandelier. A 13th one. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, people also hear its organ playing in the middle of the night. So we got a message. We do. See, this is this is what you get. Let's check this message. Your startup disk is almost full. That's because I need a new computer. Chase is on our live, so. Chase, we need a new computer. This one's crapping startup, out. Startup disk is almost full. She's crapping out. Um, we'll, cut all, we'll cut all that out, maybe. No, no, we won't. Okay. We're leaving it in. Just, okay. just the real, real here. On October 31st, 1975, famous psychic Jean Borgen and medium uh, named Joy Adams, they were holding a seance in Sarah's old bedroom, which is where she died. Not and sure Not sure why. Oh, well, I guess because she died there. I was mm-hmm. also not sure why you wouldn't use the seance room. Mm-hmm. You don't get that very often. At one point, uh, Jean uh, went into a trance, and she felt the overwhelming power of Sarah's presence. And it said, I guess Joy's the only one who can... Uh, attest to this she that uh jean appeared to briefly age with her hair turning gray and her skin began to wrinkle so i i feel like no, if, you be, if you started doing that i'd be like what are you doing girl what I, you doing? I i believe in spirits and ghosts and things like that I'm, i don't think i believe in mediums i don't know i think anything's possible the main reason i want to think anything's possible possible is because i want to go to hogwarts i'm still waiting on my letter they're too old now, I think. Sorry. Time works different. Sorry. Over there. It might. We're going to go for it. The seance room had 13 hooks. And I saw in one video where she would wear 13 cloaks. I guess that's a thing seance people do. And she would hang them up on these 13 hooks. And the seance room had one entrance but three exits. And they kept saying that. But how can't you just come in the exit and that be considered an entrance? it depends on where it goes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And she always went in there alone and she had a key and she kept it locked. So who knows what she was doing in that seance room. But uh, the movie Winchester was released in 2018, and it stars Helen Mirren, and it's a haunted, I mean. A, Have um, you seen it? Mm. We need to watch it and do a movie It's about, review. I think she's like living in the house, and she's being haunted at that time, which it's a new construction. Normally there aren't ghosts there, so I don't know how they play that out. But has anyone seen uh, Winchester? I mean, we need to we, We've check tried out. to watch some of the scary movies that relate to our things, but they're uh-huh. normally not good. They're normally not. We watch the one in Hansel and Gretel. and Yeah, they're normally... Mm. My favorite scary... And we can do a, another episode like this, Spooky Spots, whatever we're going to call it, on The Conjuring House. But my favorite scary movie is The Conjuring. Oh, really? 
Mm-hmm. See, I don't love the scary movies. But that's a good scary movie. It's not um, cheesy. It's not based oh, off I, a true story. I just thought we could do the, um, what's the haunting of the Hill House? Is that a new, is that a real? I don't oh, know. My, <laughs> it might be. My headphone just hit the mic. It is? I don't know. I was just also, thinking of I hope, haunted houses. I hope the sound is good because I feel like I've been doing this and then I've been turning and talking to you and I've been doing this and I've also been doing this. Yeah, I've heard that. The But that's a DDP right there. Diet Dr. Pepper for mm-hmm. those who don't know. So that is the Winchester Mystery House. Which some people say, theories. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people who do believe all the spiritual stuff. But I think, kind of like what we talked about at the beginning, there's not a ton of documents on this. Like, you know, even just going back to her birth, like, birth, you know, her birth date, the, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of paperwork there. The blueprints, there's not like any kind of solid, you know, concrete blueprints, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's all these. So some. I think some people have tried to like debunk a lot of this mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people chalk it up to the earthquake, the chandeliers moving because of the earthquake, the, yeah, the randomness, the randomness of the not- design because of like, well, cause, er, cause California has those like tremors that you don't really feel, but I'm sure. I- Here's why I don't think that it's just her not knowing how to build a house because you're working with a carpenter and I could draw up like a basic, you know, square box with a blueprint of a house and be like, put a door here. And if he got to the point where I wanted the door put and was like, oh, this door opens into another wall, then he wouldn't put wouldn't put the door there. Yeah, I do think the earthquake theory only equates for part of the story. Mm-hmm. I definitely think she did it with the intention to confuse spirits who are directionally challenged, like me. You Your spirit would be directionally challenged. Yeah, I would, I'd be like, can't find her. Where'd she, she go? At? Where's she at? Um, anyway, that's the there Winchester the Winchester House. The Winchester Mystery House. Let us know if you like these type of episodes, and we'll do more. Um, we talked about doing the Bermuda Triangle. We talked about Dracula's Castle. I do think would be cool. Uh huh. In depth on that because we did because we did a whole episode on Dracula, mm-hmm. and apparently uh, his castle was used as a, a COVID vaccination location at one point. Just during the re- during like this the layers year, of that, which I think is kind of mm-hmm. interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we can delve into that in the Dracula spooky uh-huh. spot, um, the Conjuring House, anything, anything you want. So uh, until we next can, time, we can post some photos and people can leave some comments. But like, we'll post photos from this episode and then people can leave some comments below for like other ideas. Mm-hmm. And let us know if you've gone to the Winchester Mystery House because it sounds like it's pretty cool. Let us know if you talked to Sarah while you were there. Let us know if you could even find Sarah because you were so confused and the house was just a, a maze and you couldn't yeah, find a her. A labyrinth. Mm-hmm, a labyrinth. We'll uh, see you next time. <laughs>